We wish to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land we are recording on in Perth, Western Australia. The Wadjuk people of the Noongar Nation. We wish to acknowledge their continuing culture. And pay our respects to the Elders past, present and emerging. You're listening to Unscripted, the film show. You can't handle the truth! I'm walking here! I'm walking here! Here's Johnny! You're gonna need a bigger boat. I'll have what she's having. Wanna hear the most annoying sound in the world? Good evening and welcome to Unscripted, the film show for another Thursday night. Uh, unfortunately, on tonight's show, I'm not joined by either Cecilia or Rachel. Uh, they have both got to, uh, other things that are taking up their time tonight. But I have been joined by my uh, my beautiful wife, my co-host on, on uh, um, Diz Down Under and also Tangent City. And also, as we mentioned on this uh, show before, uh, my tech support. <laughs> Hey, Kat, how's it going? Yeah, I think the technical term was uh, my wife and tech support. That's right. Wife. And you've never lived that one down. <laughs> Speaking of which, your your microphone sounds a bit buzzy. Is what? that normal? Is uh, that just my headphones? It's probably your headphones. Okay. Yeah. Uh, we, I, I, I'll just, because in mine it sounds perfectly fine. Okay. Yeah. That's cool. You just bought some cheap head cheap headphones. <laughs> They've just about seen better days. They've seen many, many flights. <laughs> uh, thank you very much for joining me uh, on this. Uh, this is a live show because uh, generally speaking, you and I, uh, we do a, a podcast, uh, which means it's, uh, you know, pre-recorded mm. uh, and then like if anything happens if anything slips up then like if you if you muck up the intro for instance yeah if i muck up the intro or uh <laughs> if somebody yeah do, do, if you just uh, say something wrong then you can cut it out whereas this is live this is going out there into the world yeah as as we speak so uh we we can't uh you know make those uh any, no any mistakes errors. no mistakes oh my goodness no pressure first, first so wait, wait wait i've got to fill the shoes of not only the wonderful rate but the excellent Cecilia, and I've also got to make no mistakes. Wow. Exactly. And got no swears in. the first take, in the first take. <laughs> uh, and so, uh, yeah, we're, on the show tonight, we've got a, a couple of films to talk about. We're going to be talking about the new Alexander Skarsgård film called mm-hmm. The Northman. And uh, I'm also going to be talking about a, a film. It's not new exactly, but it was new to me, and it is on Stan called Willie's Wonderland. Which is a uh, a film with uh, Nicolas Cage, who's having a massive renaissance at the moment. Mm, yeah, it's kind of between him and Ethan Hawke. Yes, Ethan Hawke is just turning up in everything as as well. Like because uh, we we've seen him in Moon Knight recently, mm-hmm. and then also he was in the Northman, which we saw last night, and he was in the trailer for the Black Phone. That was before the Northman that we saw last night. Sadly, I will not be seeing that movie. It's <laughs> way too scary for me. Yeah, well, it's 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 interesting though because all the characters, like in uh, Moon Knight, he's playing the bad guy. Mm. Although, admittedly, he's the, the kind of bad guy who doesn't think he's a bad guy. He's the bad guy who thinks he's doing the right thing, mm. which are always the worst kind of bad guys. Yeah, the the like they think they've got some sort of moral justification. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, and then in the black uh, the black phone, he's like totally 
bad. This is like serial killer kind of bad. Yeah, like knows he's bad. Yeah, he he knows he's bad and he enjoys being bad. Uh, and that that movie looks amazing though. I mean, I know it's not your kind of film. Oh, look, it's not my cup of tea. But I could see how someone who likes the genre would be absolutely chuffed for that to be coming out. And look, as far as a movie goes, if I could get past like the tension and the really scariness about it, then I would be there because it does look like it's. It, there's a degree of intrigue. Like I think it's one of the ones that when you get home, I'm going to be quizzing you to find out what <laughs> what happened. So I don't think I could actually sit through it and then sleep that night. Because mm. I'm just a bit of a wuss. Because the the the, the uh, film it, it's got um, a, a kid who gets abducted and gets put in a room, and the room has like this black phone on the wall, but the phone's not connected to anything. Mm. But then the phone rings, and he's talking to people. Uh, and you can, like, the audience can see the people, but he can't. And these are the former victims of the guy who Ethan Hawke plays. Mm. It's just, it's really intriguing. Like, you just, the, the whole premise of it makes me just go, I, I need to see this film. I need to find out what happens. So, yeah, I'm, I'm really enjoying that, uh, you know, Ethan Hawke is getting cast in things and, and we're getting to see, you know, the, the, um, the efforts uh, come out on, on, on screen. So, yeah, no, I was very uh, very pleased with that and we will talk more about the, the Northman uh, a bit later on the show. But there was a, another Northman who had a trailer come out this, this week as well. Oh, there was indeed. <laughs> and uh, that was... Was uh, he a bit godly? He was a little, a little bit godly. Uh, and that was, of course... Um, uh, Thor, which has the, the new uh, the new movie is coming out. Sorry, I had to reach over and get uh, get my um, keypad. Uh, is coming out later on in the year, and people have just been chomping at the bit for a Thor: Love and Thunder uh, trailer, and so it was. Yeah, it was uh, good that they finally released it. Although I'm very surprised that they did this because remember when um, Spider Man No Way Home came out mm-hmm. and. At the end of that, we got the trailer for Multiverse of Madness. Yeah. I was kind of expecting with Thor that they were going to wait until uh, Multiverse of Madness came out and then put the trailer as a you know end thing to that. Mm. Or maybe they will put something extra. Maybe they've just done a bit of an intro thing um, with, the, with the trailer that they've developed. I just think that people are really eager to see this movie because this will be the second Taika episode well not episode (laughs) (laughs) i kind of like episodes but this will be the second taika film right yes and for the thor franchise and it's been how many years since the last one is it three um trying to think what year it came out well it was before infinity war so that would be what 20 i thought it was 2020 that it came out oh really that early Hmm. okay it's just that it, it, well, it didn't feel like that long, but it did feel like it had been, you know, at least two, three years. Yeah, yeah. So, hmm, interesting. But um, I think people are hanging out for it, so I was pretty excited to see the trailer myself. Yes. Uh, and so the, the trailer is out now. I'm going to uh, attempt to play the trailer now. Now, just bear in mind that generally speaking, when uh, you're listening to Unscripted, the film show, the person behind the desk is usually Rachel Cecilia, uh, and both of them have been doing this for years, um, whereas I only ever do it when I have to do it. And so I'm not as good as as, as 
uh, they are. So if there's any technical glitches, I apologize in advance. But uh, I'm just going to play you now the the trailer for Thor Love and Thunder uh, and hopefully uh, you enjoy the talky bits because you, you won't see the, uh, the, the non-talky bits. But uh, here it is now. These hands were once used for battle. Now they're but humble tools for peace. I need to figure out exactly who I am. I want to choose my own path. Live in the moment. My superheroing days are over. You ever feel lost? Just look into the eyes of the people that you love. Not me. What? Just listening. There we go. That was the trailer for Thor, Love and Thunder. Uh, and uh, that was played for review purposes. Um, I just, just mentioned that because I did notice that there was a, a bit of an ACDC song in there that was very consistently played throughout that track. Uh, but no, that was the trailer. Uh, and so that is all good to for me to play that. It's fine. I can, yeah, I can do that because it's a review show and I'm reviewing the trailer. <laughs> Wow, you seem really defensive about that. Well, you know, it's 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 one of those things like you know uh, when you're a film review show, mm-hmm. um, you like to be able to to put the stuff out there and yeah. go look look at this thing, isn't this thing awesome? Uh, but then you know some people are like oh copyright, and it, but it's like but yeah, but we're 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 talking about this so people get excited and then want to go and see it. So yeah, and it's yeah. like a snippet thing. It's like you listen to a lot of shows that play songs as part of the show and they play just a segment of the show um of the song so people get a feel for the song that was being talked about but um i think they say for copyright reasons yes the songs may be shorter in this broadcast (laughs) exactly exactly but the trailer for thor love and thunder though it was it was really good like it's a really invigorating mm, it's it's a teaser and it really just like made you want to see more now yeah now 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 and the i love the way that the actual trailer opens because it starts with thor as a child running and then you see his progression to the thor we know today mm-hmm. and the first thor outfit he wears is like a comic book accurate version of the thor outfit which you were very excited about. I was very excited about that. But what people are doing now with Marvel trailers, because uh, in No Way Home there was a, a scene where you had the three villains on one side and Sp- and the Tom Holland Spider-Man swinging towards them mm. and it looked like in that 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 picture that scene there should have been other people in that scene like just like the the the, the screen looked too empty yeah. um and what they'd actually done was they digitally removed the 
the Andrew Garfield and the um, uh, <laughs> the Andrew Garfield and the Tobey Maguire Spider Man. You've forgotten his name completely. You're dead to me, Toby. Yeah, I forgot for a second there. Uh, they they remove them from the scene. So when you see the scene in the movie, they're there, but in the trailer, they're not. And so now, whenever you see a scene in a trailer where there's a big gap where it goes, why have they got such a big gap there? People go, who's in the gap? We want to know who's in the gap. Because <laughs> in, um, uh, in this movie, there's a scene where they're looking at this dead god, this massive dead god, and it's Korg and it's Thor standing there, and then a big gap next to Thor. And so you go, who's in the gap? Who's in the gap? So that's kind of a cool concept that they could actually do that, and that they could, you know, because you want to have, you don't want, you want to get a bit of an idea, a bit of a taste of the film, but you don't want to see the whole thing. So there could be a big spoiler. True. Well, it's it's funny, like how different things are. Like, uh, you know, recently we saw Morbius, mm. and in that, in the trailer, there's this scene where he, uh, you know, breaks this guy's hand. And then the guy goes, who are you? And he goes, I'm Venom. Just kidding, I'm Dr. Michael Morbius, here to help. That, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But in the movie, it was like, I'm Venom. And then, like, there was no, I'm Dr. Michael Morbius. And, you know, the guy just ran out of the room. Yeah. Which has kind of made sense because it was, otherwise he would have run to the police going, Michael Morbius just broke my hand and he's in my lair. Go, go, go arrest him. So, yeah, it, may, it makes a lot more sense the way it came about in the film. But there's also, um, if you remember in uh, Infinity War, in the trailer for Infinity War, the, the, in that final climactic scene, well, not final, but in the scene where they're all running towards the, um, the bad guys in Wakanda, mm-hmm. In the trailer, that was the Hulk running towards the bad guys, but we never saw that in the movie. In the movie, it was Banner in the Hulk Buster costume. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So So I kept that one under wraps. mm. So Marvel are masters at deceptive trailers, Mm. and I love it. I think it's great because that's what you want. You want to be surprised when you go and see a film. Yeah, 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 that's true. I just, um, in the case of Morbius, I think that it gave it quite a different feel Yes, yeah, it it, it 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 gave a different feel and it made made more sense in the in the in the context of the movie. Mm. Um, but it, I I think my favorite bit of the um, the Thor trailer is the reveal of uh, Jane Foster as uh, the mighty Thor at the end of the, the end of the uh, trailer. Yeah, uh, where the you see the uh, Mjolnir flying to somebody's hand, and it's Mjolnir, but he's but it's been pieced. All I was going to say it looked like it had been shattered and then pieced back together. Well, it had been shattered by yeah, Hela. I know, yeah. but like it didn't look like it was a brand new. Yes, yeah. yeah. So it's the uh, it's the original Mjolnir. It's been pieced back together, which begs the question: How did that happen? Mm. Who pieced it back together? You know, it's just it's it's one of those things. Was it somebody who really liked Lego and just had a lot of time <laughs> on their hands? Like you, for instance. Yeah. I, I'm not sure if I really like Lego. I did my first Lego uh, thing uh, recently, uh, and it was uh, it was good fun. But oh, I just I'm, I'm glad it was only like a 400 piece set, not not like thousands of pieces, because I think that would just do my head in. Yeah, that was a lot of building. It was, it was. But anyway, I think we should go to uh, our first ad and uh, and then have a think about what we're going to talk about next. Okay. 
and uh, we're back. Cat's uh, just left the uh, the room because, uh, being the techie person she can, she, she's hearing a buzz, and so she's just checking to see if it's uh, in the feed coming through on the streamings. And uh, I don't know if it is or not. She's got a smile, but maybe she's right. I don't know. Back. She's back. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, we. Uh, we did go and see a, a film about Vikings last night. Went up to uh, Karen Up and uh, and we uh, watched it in their lovely new um, Extreme Screen 2, is it? I think it was. Uh, it was. It mm. was Extreme Screen number 2. And uh, it was great. Universal put it, put it on. And uh, I knew nothing about this film going in. Absolutely, like literally nothing. Well, it turns out I knew nothing as well. I don't know whether I got it confused with something else that's coming out with Vikings in it. But I thought it was going to be set in the UK. So I think I might have got, like, seen the trailer for that and then maybe seen a preview for something on Netflix or something and got the two amalgamated together in my head. Okay. Well, so similar ideas. I've not, I've not seen the trailer. I'm kind of uh, interested. It's actually a very long trailer. Um I won't play that because it's like two minutes and 44 seconds. Yeah, so, that's not. Uh, so instead I will um, have to... Uh, People can go and do some homework afterwards. Yeah, I'll do a synopsis of the film instead. Um, well, I would if I had my uh, my information up. Uh, but the, the film, it stars uh, Alexander Skarsgård as a, a prince. He's Just a prince? Well, he, he was a Viking prince. <laughs> Uh, and he, uh, you know, the f- the film starts off where everything is like roses. He sees his dad like in his Viking ships coming home and he's all excited because he's not dead because, you know, that's a very that's real. A bonus. <laughs> that's a it's a very real uh, possibility when your dad's a Viking. He's <laughs> he's not going to come back alive, um, and he's uh, he's like so excited that he goes running to his room, his mum's room, and like uh, you almost catch her naked, but you don't. Um, and he's like, "Oh, dad's home, dad's home," and she's like, "Awesome, that's great. Let's go like have a celebration and stuff um, and stuff." <laughs> but. Seed for everyone. Yeah. Here's the thing: like, I went into this film knowing nothing about it, so mm-hmm. it was uh, it was good just to you know watch the film and just go along for the ride. Uh, but uh, like to, to review the film, you know, you've got to say you know something happens uh, to, to like. So, well, so he's he starts off as a prince, and then uh, he's not a prince anymore because something very very bad happens, and then he like does the whole Lion King thing and goes away. And actually, you could say it's almost a Jesus thing as well, like that, like, you know, goes away as a child, comes back as an adult. <laughs> <laughs> Too close to Easter. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so he comes uh, comes back as an, an adult uh, and he's got to do some vengeance. He's got to do some vengeance. Yeah, that's what, that was, that's what happens when bad things happen. You've got to swear vengeance and, um, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, but the... As we mentioned before, Ethan Hawke is in this film. Now, I mentioned The Lion King earlier on. Like, if you're going to put two and two together, you're probably going to realise he ain't in the film for long. <laughs> so mm-hmm. so enjoy him while he's there. And you could probably figure out as well who takes him out. But uh, <laughs> this is very this is very early in the film. So this is the, the setup for the film. So um, he, he leaves, uh, like, you know, uh, um, he leaves his home uh, 
Amlet. Amlet is... Uh, Amleth. Amleth, yeah. Mm. But you said that uh, apparently he was a bit of an inspiration for Hamlet. Yeah, yeah. So I spent the whole film just going, it sounds like they're saying Hamlet, but they're not. They're saying Amlet. And now it's just like, okay, well, that's weird. It, but, and that sounds kind of Hamlet-y. And then as it turns out, the, the, um, the stories that this is based on is something that inspired Shakespeare's Hamlet. So I thought that was pretty interesting. Yeah. Uh, and, so and something was rotten in the state of Denmark. <laughs> and Amleth uh, is, uh, as I said, played by Alexander Skarsgård. And he, he like, is perfect for a role as a Viking because, I mean, he comes from Viking descent, I'm assuming. Well, and it made sense as well because he had already played a guy that was uh, called, wasn't his name, Northman? Eric Northman. Eric Northman mm-hmm. in uh, True Blood. Yep. And he was a Viking in True Blood as well. He was. Mm. And I think he had a similar story. Like he, he had something bad happened and he yeah. had to do the whole vengeance thing. Well, if you look, if, you, if you've seen the trailer, you know what bad <laughs> thing happens. I know. Like, I, I think that that's one of the things is that because we see it and we're just like, going, oh, you don't want to give that away. But if it's in the trailer. Yeah. Yeah, but it's. I honestly thought this was going to be a massive, epic kind of a story, like in terms of like the space that it took up, or no, I thought it was going to be like a you know because it's uh, as I said, it's like uh, father gets killed, son wants to avenge father, mm-hmm. um, but then they like there's a, a point where they say something happens to the 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 person who killed his dad. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. Um, and so I thought uh, he was going to go and deal with that and then go back and reclaim his kingdom kind of thing. Mm. And it just didn't happen like that. It was a very um, more of a personal kind of story. And it didn't, it wasn't like it w- there was a cast of thousands or anything like that. There no, was that's true. a very small cast that you're dealing with. Mm. Um, some of the cast were like the family of the, the new king and then. Uh, Everyone else was either like a guard or a slave, and um, I don't think that the you know, Vikings came off as very nice people in this film. Yeah, but I, I think it was probably like a rough. It was just kind the time. time. It was just the time. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was. It was like it was. It was rough. It was you know survive and and you know be out there raiding or get raided pretty much. Yeah, it was, it was very uh, not sort of show of strength stuff that we've managed to almost get rid of today. Yeah. <laughs> We're trying. We're trying. But yeah, it was a uh, I mean as far as the the film movie goes, it was like amazingly filmed. Uh, mm. It's it's directed uh, by Robert Eggers, um, and he directed that lighthouse film with uh, Robert Patterson and Willem Dafoe. Yeah, and it's something that I think I might want to go back and watch again, having a bit more of an understanding of him as a director, and watch it more because I I did with this this film, The Northman, I watched it more like I was watching a play. Mm, mm. But I think that I had different expectations for The Lighthouse. So, or was it just called Lighthouse? I don't know whether there was a the, no definitive. I'm not sure. But it was really awesome to watch it as well from that whole thing of it almost being not trippy necessarily, but sort of crossing the boundaries between mystical and reality. Mm, mm. Or reality on <laughs> film. It's not really reality, is it? But it's it really sort of traverses that back and forth through a number of those scenes. 
Yeah, because you're dealing with the like the Vikings, and then there's the the gods, and then there's these witches, and one of the witches is actually played by Bjork, mm. um, which is really cool because obviously her background as well, being a bit Scandinavian and whatnot. Yeah, and I'm still really perplexed. I've, I spent some time researching it. I wasn't able to find out, but there is a song that's sung at one point and their character's seen again in the movie and I actually thought that that was Bjork's character. I didn't realise that she was playing... Um, the I think it was um, female seer was her job, not a job title, <laughs> was her, her role. Seeress or something, seeress. Female seer, yeah. let's just go with that. Because <laughs> saying seeress is just so weird. So, yeah, yeah, it was, uh, but, I mean, the, the rest of the cast, so, as I said, um, you got Alexander Skarsgård at the head there, Nicole Kidman as his mother, and I was interested with her accent. Like, the very first thing she said, she rolled her R's, like, really hardcore. Yeah. And I was like, is she a Scottish queen? <laughs> I think that, like, a few of the accents came to, through to me as being a bit Scottish. So... <laughs> I wondered whether because I think it was filmed it was filmed in a number of locations but one of them was Scotland and there were a couple of people particularly when they had like the slaves and stuff that seemed to have Scottish accents. Mm, mm. So I wondered whether that might have like um, affected her accent maybe a little bit or maybe they just went with like that kind of tone like you know mm. how like with Thor like he's... He's supposed to be a you know Viking god type person, but he's got an Aussie English accent. <laughs> <laughs> so they just went with that for that particular race of people. <laughs> I, I wondered because the uh, the Vikings did raid Scotland. Like, did the Vikings have a? In, in, they didn't raid there. I think they settled there. Like so, the Orkneys and stuff yeah. like that were. So did they maybe have an influence on the Scottish accent? Possibly, mm. possibly. Uh, also, as I mentioned, uh, Ethan Hawke is in this as King uh, Ard, uh, Arville. It's a uh, they've got some very um, hard to pronounce names for my English tongue. Um, <laughs> Anya Taylor Joy is Olga, which is uh, a very easy name to pronounce, um, and she's she's great in this. Yeah. Really, really. I'm yet good. to see her in anything where I'm disappointed by her performance, but the character itself was really, really interesting to watch. Mm. Well, yeah, because the uh, in in the film, uh, Amleth actually like becomes a slave to enact his vengeance, and that's a real like you know, just uh, kind of the wolf in sheep's clothing kind of kind of a situation. Yeah, but that was also a moment of opportunity mm. in order to get from one place to another. Yes, he he saw a way of getting transported, and that was to become a slave. So, yeah, it's just amazing things that go on in this movie and the way that they bring it all back together again at the end. And it's a, the film's like two hours and 20 minutes, but mm. it never feels like it drags. It's like really well paced and it's kind of, you know, moving at a clip. I do find it really distracting in movies, though, when they have um, like chapter titles. Oh, yeah, they did have that. Yeah. I find it really, really distracting. I found it di um, distracting as well, I think, recently in the... Um, Snyder, Snyder Cut, <laughs> I can never say it properly. There's too many words with too many letters. Um, they did the whole chapter thing. And while it might make it a good way to watch the movie if you want to break it up a little bit, I find it when you're in a movie, I just like to be in a movie and just watch it right the way through. So this kind of broke it up in a way that I didn't need it broken up. Oh, fair enough. But it was. Uh, it did tell you where they were though. So there was that... that uh, oh, yeah, there. like it served a purpose. It wasn't just there mm. for the sake of being there. 
and I don't, I can't think of any examples where they've just done it for the sake of it. But yeah, the the film, as I said, like it very much like uh, when it started, uh, it reminded me of the Lion King, and I was going, "Are we just going to be watching the Lion King story play out here, just with Vikings?" Um, but the weird thing was when we got to the the ultimate climax of the film, which mm. I'm obviously not going to spoil, but something happens at the climax where it was very reminiscent of um, a scene in one of the uh, Star Wars films. Oh, yeah, did yeah. You, did you not like when... Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I was thinking the same. I think the setting probably assisted that those feels. Yeah, the the, the, the setting definitely assisted that. And I, I think when uh, when people go and uh, watch this film, The, North, uh, the Northman, mm-hmm. they will go probably get exactly the same kind of feeling that we, uh, we got as well. Um, <laughs> it's the dumbest setting to have a fight scene, uh, particularly a fight scene the way these guys have a fight but scene. But I think, I think by that stage I saw that as being part of the fantastical. Yes. Like, yeah. you know, part of that really like the stories of legend and that kind of thing. Do you think it kind of had a feel like um, the uh, oh, what's the 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 film um, with the Spartans in it uh, that was for Frank Miller movie three hundred the three hundred yes I was going it's a number it's ninety nine <laughs> like, one hundred one hundred and one all I was thinking was I am Sparta yeah, oh, no I, that wasn't I, it was it yeah no. this is Sparta this is Sparta yeah yeah, yeah the three hundred yeah it kind of reminded me a little bit of that not as uh, obviously you know that was very 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 stylized this had reality and then very stylized bits to it. Mm, yeah, that's that's mm. true. But the stylization in in the 300 as well wasn't like the stuff of mystery and stuff. You had, you know, the way the animals were used in the movie as being part of like the mystical experience mm. and tying different characters and reminding you of different characters throughout the movie. Yes, yes. I got I got to admit like I, I don't want to yeah, the Vikings and the animals. I feel bad for the animals, quite frankly. But anyway, it's a it's a Viking movie on the big screen. Like, how often do we see a Viking movie on a big screen? Like, I can't even remember the last Viking movie. Eric the Viking, possibly. I don't know. <laughs> Eric the Viking. Eric no, the Viking. I think there have been recently some Viking movies yeah. on the big screen. Oh, I just okay. can't think of any of them. I wish you'd like prepared me for that question. That's not how things work that's, here. That's the polite thing to do when you have a guest. No, no, you just you just throw things out there and you oh, see what sticks. Dear. <laughs> anyway, I think it is time for a, another quick break. So I'm going to play another ad, uh, and then we will come back and we're going to talk uh, some more stuff. Maybe do a bit of scoring. Bit of, oh, we haven't scored. Let's. Well, we we shall score before we go. Thank you very much for keeping me keeping me honest. I appreciate well, that. Well, since I raised it, I think that you should go first. Right. I am going to give this uh, film uh, four. Why won't my swords come out of its sheath? <laughs> I like that one. That one's good. Um, I was I was torn as to what to go with, so I'm just going to go really basic. <laughs> I'm going to go with four naked buttocks. <laughs> Fair, there's naked buttocks in this film. Spoilers. <laughs> Actually, one thing I, I will give um, uh, the uh, the director. What's his name? I forgot his name. I've, That's terrible! How could you name. forget his name? We were just listening to an interview with him yesterday, and you've just gone ahead and re- forgotten Robert Egger's name. Robert just Eggers. like that. Yeah. So uh, Robert Egger, uh, he is is very good at having completely naked actors and avoiding any shown naughty bits. It's a it's a talent. It is is very talented, very talented. It's all about blocking. That's right. And you get it's to see stage background. Yeah, and did I mention Willem Dafoe's in this film as well? What what more could you want? 
Ah, that, there's so much. There is, there is. All right, we'll be back in a moment. Did you know that Fremantle has its very own art house cinema? You'll find Luna on Essex, midway along Essex Street in the heart of Fremantle, screening an incredible variety of niche, foreign language and quality mainstream films in comfortable and intimate surrounds. It feels more like your own home movie theatre rather than a cinema. Catch up with friends for a pre-show drink in the fully licensed Alfresco area or enjoy a glass of wine and a cheese platter during the movie. Check out what's on along with details of forthcoming films, festivals and added value events at lunapalace.com.au. Luna on Essex. You're listening to Unscripted, the film show. And uh, that was so weird when it's me, like, you know, saying you're on Unscripted, the film show. Yeah, and it's then like I should have come back and yeah. said it for once. So it's thrown back to me. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, me. That's great. Uh, yeah. I like it when because the girls quite often play it when you're not here. Mm-hmm. And so I quite enjoy that. It's like, oh, it's like Lewis is still in the studio. <laughs> Sure, that's why they do it because they're clever. Yeah, uh, I, yeah, I should have played the one with Rachel. In it. That was my bad. Uh, now, uh, the um, what was I? What was I? Gonna, you threw me off. You threw me oh, off. Oh, sorry. I was, I was on a roll. No, I wasn't. <laughs> uh, I better put the uh, the time of the the second ad there. Uh, yeah, so. We're going to talk about another film uh, now. You were going to talk about the film with. Nicholas Cage in it that yeah. I can't think of what the title is. It's Mr. Something? No, it's oh. Willy's Wonderland. Oh, okay. Well, I, was, I don't know where I was going with that. Um, now, Maybe I was just hoping it was something else. Because I must say, when you were talking about this movie, I was so disinterested. So now I have to feign interest. Oh, th- well, thank you for, like, revealing, like, the, the, the behind-the-scenes thing because it's like... That, Sorry. I, I, I would dearly love to play the trailer for this movie mm-hmm. but it's weird because it's a Nicolas Cage film mm-hmm. but the uh, Nicolas Cage has literally no dialogue for the whole movie so it is uh, he just doesn't say a single word in the in the whole film now does he exclaim is there any gasps? No, there is There's not. There's just no audio whatsoever. You will not hear a sound from Nicolas Cage in this film whatsoever. So if you don't like the sound of Nicolas Cage's voice, but you like the look of his face, then you can you can stop like watching his movies with the sound down. Mm. You can watch this film and then get all the enjoyment you want out of it. Or if you really don't like him, you could just watch this movie with your eyes shut. You could. You can have the movie <laughs> on and then not watch it at all. Well, you, you wouldn't hear the other people in the film because the other people yeah, do Yeah, speak. that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, so if, like, it's just him that annoys you, then you can just shut your eyes and he won't be there. Exactly. That's amazing that he makes absolutely no noise. Yep. not and that Because like, it's a rarity. He usually makes a lot of noise. And this is what, it, this is what actually brought him to the movie. Mm. This is what, like, he was like, I, I want to do this film because there's no, absolutely no dialogue. Everything I do is through... My actions, it's through my facial expressions. Nothing is vocal. I don't say anything at all, mm. uh, which is it's kind of just weird. I mean, there's very few uh, actors who don't ever say, even Silent Bob, where Silent is in his name, at least will talk once a movie. Generally, yeah. And that's kind of what I was expecting with this, was at some point in this movie he was going to say something and it was going to be like profound and he says nothing. And the character, but even though he doesn't say anything, the character is still a, a Nick 
Cage character. It is still like in, in one scene, he like turns it up to 11 without saying a word. So it's, it's, it's really impressive. Now, um, do you... Does it involve a lot of, like, I can't really, <laughs> like, it, it the in, whole wave your arms around like a Muppet? It involves a dance scene. I have to move my head yeah. to say that. It involves a dance scene and mm. you weren't actually far off. There's a lot of these kind of, uh, in front of your face hand gesture things going on. Um, I'm going to put the, uh, the the trailer for Willy's Wonderland on our uh, Facebook page. Because cool. people have got to see this. And if you want to see the film and you've got Stan, you can see the film. Because it's streaming. Is that how you watched it? It's streaming on, on Stan. Yeah. So you can just go and, and watch it on, on Stan. The, the way I found out about this movie was uh, I collect comics. I don't know if people know that about me. Um, <laughs> if you just started listening today. <laughs> uh, and there, there's a, a thing that comes out once a month called previews where there's like soliciting comics that are coming up in the next couple of months. And you can order them if you think that that's interesting. And I saw this. Willy's Wonderland and I was like going what is Willy's Wonderland I must know and so I, I looked at it and it was like you know Nicolas Cage mm-hmm. uh, this is the um, uh, the prequel story to the movie Willy's Wonderland and I was like oh my god I've got to check this out because it's uh, you know in America they've got Chuck E. Cheese yes um so uh, for people who don't know, Chuck E. Cheese is the uh, like a pizza restaurant that people take their kids to and big for birthdays and everything like that. And then they've got animatronic figures that like you know, do a little show. Like your, was it Pizza Showtime that you go on about exactly. all the time? yes. That's where we're going with this? Yeah, they used to have in Perth uh, on... Um, Hay Street? Murray Street. Okay. Yeah. On Murray Street, they used to have this place called Pizza Showtime and it was exactly that. It was a stage, there was animatronic figures, they had these busts on the walls and they would talk and they would sing and they would dance and as a kid it was amazing, as an adult it would probably be amazing as well. Um <laughs> They right had back, they had this section up the top where there were like tabletop games, as in like you know uh, computer games. Um, so it was really really good, just uh, really cool. But in Willy's Wonderland, the uh, animatronics have been possessed by serial killers. Dun dun dun. <laughs> and in the past, uh, could they be possessed by like you know nice sugar plum fairies just once? Well, one of them is a fairy. Oh, so, there you go. Uh, they, they've, been, they've been possessed by serial killers. Uh, and uh, back in the day, so it was, I think it was opened in 1984. So it probably was around the time where Pizza Showtime was open, operating. Right. Um, so they, uh, it, was, it was open and they would uh, have things happen. Like uh, people would just get killed. Um, and so they thought this is not a good thing, so we better you know shut this down. And so the place is closed. And so in the modern era, the place is closed. A drifter you know drives into town in his awesome hotted up car, and hits a you know the stinger. What color is the car? Uh, I think it's blue. Okay. Um, the, like you know, midnight blue. I think so. Yes. You know those stinger things, the things where they, they, if the cops are trying to stop people who are like you know speeding around in their car they throw these stingers on the road and they go over them and it like pops their tires yeah they like throw they kind of like they kind of jigsaw not jigsaw yeah. like concertina across yeah. the road right that's yeah. right yeah and so uh, he just drives over one of these things and what was it doing out <laughs> well i mean if you watch the movie you'll find out <laughs> um, and so he can't but he, he he like drives over it and you know kind of nonplussed he's like gets out of his car 
goes to uh, goes to the the Boovers car, gets one of these energy drinks, which has got like more caffeine that than can kill a mule. Um, drinks this energy drink. Not that you'd be familiar with that. No, yeah. I wouldn't. No, uh, drinks the energy drink mm-hmm. and waits for the uh, the tow truck to arrive. And then a uh, tow truck rocks up and, you know, the guy in the, the tow truck is just like gabbin, 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 gabbin. Nicholas Cage's character at this point, who is not the janitor, uh, is just sitting there just like, yeah, whatever. So not saying anything. Um, gets back to the, uh, the, the, the mechanic's place and he's like, look, it's going to cost you about a thousand bucks because obviously the tow, going to change your tyres, um, need to do this to it. It's going to be a thousand bucks. Um, so... How are you going to pay for it? And he's like, well, I've got my credit card. And the guy's like, oh, well, I don't do credit. And he goes, looks at the cash machine. The ATM's busted. And the guy's like, oh, well, if you want to work it off, I know a guy. <laughs> you don't mind doing a bit of cleaning, do you? And he's like, Muh. And so uh, so he is. No, because he wouldn't have gone, yeah. because he wasn't making any noise. No, no, he did, he did that without the, yeah, because this is radio. Yeah, so yeah. I couldn't just shrug without making noise. Uh, you should just done silence. Yeah, this, this janitor character on radio would not be good. Uh, <laughs> so anyway, he he said, like, do you mind doing a bit of uh, you know, cleaning? And, and he's like, yep, no worries, whatever. Well, he indicated that without saying it. Uh, and then this guy, uh, this text guy rocks up and takes him, to Willy's Wonderland and he goes into uh, Willy's Wonderland it's it's a he's a real literal character like if people tell him to do something he will do exactly that so he goes into Willy's Wonderland and he starts cleaning and then one of the animatronics comes comes to life and tries to kill him and so he takes out the, uh, the the animatronic and then he cleans it up and then continues to clean and Tex also told him to take breaks so he sets his watch and then every hour or so he takes a break and he goes and you know, drinks another can of his drink and uh, plays a bit of pinball and, uh, yeah, no matter what's happening, as soon as that thing beeps, he takes a break. Wow. Now, this this is kind of like a horror film. It's a horror film in the, the vein of, like, you know, the evil dead or army of darkness. It's a horror film with its tongue planted firmly in its cheeks. We're talking about animatronics that come to life and try to kill people. And so it's uh, it's just absolutely sensational. But you don't have a horror film without people you can kill. Cue the teenagers. <laughs> so you're, you're introduced to uh, Liv, uh, played by Emily, uh, Emily Tosca, and she brings together her group of friends to go to Wheelie's with the intention of burning it to the ground. Sounds because like a fair call. they know this place is evil and needs to be destroyed. Um, but yeah, but you, you put a bunch of teenagers in there, two of them very horny, uh, and you know that there's going to be some chaos ensuing. So it's, yeah, it's just a phenomenal film. Like As far as a horror film goes, this is everything I'm looking for in a horror film. Is it like the, the slickest made film in the world? No. <laughs> there's a scene in the film where uh, his face has got something on it which doesn't happen till later in the film. And it was just like, how did you miss that in editing? But it's still, it's brilliant. And so if you love Nicolas Cage, if you love schlocky horror, this is 100% the film for you. What are you, what are you looking all perplexed I just about? went down, no, 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 it is. It sounds like it would be right up your alley, mm. especially being such a, like a big fan of those Evil Dead kind of movies. Yes. 
And maybe it's something that I would enjoy because I did really enjoy, um, was it um, Todd and the Book of Pure Evil? Yes. And I did enjoy Ash... Versus the, uh, Ash versus uh, the Book of Evil? No. Ash versus the Army of Darkness? Army of Darkness. Yeah. No, was that what it was called? Oh, no, that was the a TV comic show. Comic. Oh, the TV show? Yeah, no, that was, uh, yeah, I think it was Ash versus the Army of Darkness. Okay, yeah. I thought it was versus a book as well for yeah. some reason. Maybe I just had books on the brain. Yeah. Okay, so that is something that, you know, I watch. So mm-hmm. maybe I should give this a shot. I mean, worst case scenario, I just press stop. Yeah, no, I'd, I'd be bang up for watching it again. So, uh, yeah, it was good. And there's this uh, happy birthday song they sing in it. It's just like, oh, that's so creepy. It's <laughs> it's creepy even before that you know they're serial killers. I'm a little bit traumatised by happy birthday at the moment. <laughs> you made it a bit interesting there. Your dad made it a bit interesting singing happy birthday to you on Sunday. <laughs> it was just like, skip a whole line there. Yes, yes, he did. So that, that that's all right. He's, he's always 80. We'll let him go for that. Yeah, so. true. Uh, but I, Willie's Wonderland is... A sensational uh i am going to give this um four scary fairies okay speaking of scary yeah. um the reason i actually had that look on my face before is that emily toster is in the movie that you just said willie's wonderland but i was looking at her film credits and she was in party of five in 2020 I didn't even know that they remade Party of Five. They remade Party of Five. They remade Party of Five and it was um, the five Acosta children, Emilio, Lucia, Beto, I guess, Valentina and baby Raphael as they navigate daily life struggles to survive as a family unit after their parents are suddenly deported to Mexico. Ah, so it's a different version of Party of Five. Yeah. Right. And it lasted one season but... Ten episodes of that out there. I'm kind of curious. Well, there you go. Something else to catch up on. I like a little rabbit hole, me. All right. So time for another another break and we shall be back after this. You're listening to Unscripted, the film show. There she's back. Brought her back. Yay. Uh, yeah, so we're almost at the end of the show, but mm. uh, I, I thought it would be a good opportunity for us to now talk about uh, other – because. Obviously, well, Willie's Wonderland's on Stan. Yeah. Uh, so other things are on things that stream. <laughs> they so, are. Well, there's something else that's on Stan. And I might as well just turn my rabbit hole into a massive tangent. So I discovered that they made a Punky Brewster reboot, I guess it is. Is it a reboot? No, it's a sequel. Well, it's, a, it's a sequel. It's the same sequel, Punky. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Like, but it's kind of like a reboot because it's in a different situation because you can't always have it where the same characters are around because unfortunately sometimes actors um, pass away and that kind of thing. So... Um, the original idea for Punky Brewster or the, you know, you had Punky Brewster who got adopted or was fostered Mm by Henry. Um, But unfortunately the actor who plays Henry is no longer with us. But we actually land with uh, Punky Brewster and her new family. I never knew that Punky's real name was Penelope (laughs) until I watched this. Or maybe I did. I mean, it was, what, 1980-something that it mm. came out? I remember being quite young when it came out. So it it was just – it was nice to watch. I don't think that it was anything particularly outstanding that I would recommend that people watch except for the nostalgia. Um, But it was was kind of fun as well, like, because you had – Freddie Prince Jr. was in it as well. 
Well, I'd be bang up for them bringing more shows uh, from that era back as well, like uh, a reboot of ALF. I'd be, I'd be up for that. Oh, my goodness. How amazing would that be? Mind you, we, another show that we will be watching on streaming, in fact, we've been watching on Stan, other streaming services are available, mm-hmm. uh, is uh, Resident Alien. That's a delight. Yes, yeah. I think because it's Alan Tudyk in, in the role as the resident alien um, that it works so well because he does awkward super well and he's just such a physical actor. Like that whole thing of you saying, oh, Nicolas Cage wanted to do a movie where he didn't talk and it was all just his what he was, his gestures and things like that that would get across the ideas that he was wanting to represent. Alan Tudyk does that in everything that he does he and does. he does it so well he's he's amazing and if anyone's going to play an alien and believably play an alien mm. it's him he's just like the the right facial features everything like that and even though uh his alien in the very first episode kills uh someone to take over their their role yeah um he's you're still kind of you 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 you're with him you empathize with him and yeah and he, even though his whole uh reason for being is to come to earth and kill us all mm. you still kind of go yeah but he's kind of a nice guy oh, that, this is the problem with serial killers and characters <laughs> like this <laughs> like oh like i mean how many times did you watch dexter in the first like maybe the first few seasons maybe not through the whole mm. thing where you could actually empathize with the guy and just go well you know he can't help it but he was killing bad guys admittedly admittedly yeah. so that probably helped and some of that helps in this as well because he does do some good things along the way so maybe that makes him a little bit more redeeming but it's it's Right from the outset, because I wasn't sure I wanted to watch this, and I do this so often with you. I think, you know, everyone who's listened to Tangent City will be well, well familiar with my Game of Thrones um, protests. Yeah. And then after watching the first episode, which we watched quite early, <laughs> should we say, yeah. um, I was just like, is there another one? Is there another one? And there wasn't because, no. you know, it was dropping week to week. But yeah, it, and same thing with Resident Alien. It's just a you know a great show. It mm-hmm. is a an alien who comes to a small town, and you've made connections with a doctor coming to a small town with Northern Exposure. Yeah, it felt like a little bit like Northern Exposure. It felt like something else as well, and I can't remember what else. Um, not necessarily Doctor Quinn, Medicine Woman, because I don't think that they had to. Um, <laughs> navigate any of the hardships of ye olde days, but maybe a little bit because, I mean, you've got a really advanced alien species dealing with human life, which must be so basic. And the interesting thing is is because he becomes a human uh, form mm. by uh, taking the DNA of the guy he kills um, uh, he actually starts to feel human emotions. Yeah, and I don't think he expected that. I think that he just was going to think that he thought that he was going to be in it like a human skin suit that he made, not that he <laughs> <laughs> obtained. Yes, yes. Uh, but no, it's it's absolutely fantastic. We're not all the way through the first season yet. Uh, we're, we're getting to the end of the first season. But yeah, if you've uh, got Stan or you want to get Stan uh, just for this, I would I'd highly recommend it. It's a really good show. Yeah, definitely worth a watch. I mean, that's the great thing about some of the streaming is that you can book into a channel, get it for a couple of months, mm. watch things until your heart's content and then turn it off for a while. Well, that's the plan. 
I know it doesn't always work out that way. No, no. They always get us. They always, they'll always bring out something new just when you want to cancel it. We were strong with binge, though. Yes, that's right. Uh, although there is something new coming up on binge. It's like, no! Mm. It's that new, uh, the, you know, the air hostess show with. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I saw the signs for it and I was just like, please be a while down the track. Just yeah. give us a couple of months that's and right. then we'll watch it. Give us it. a break. Give us a break. Uh, the, oh, the other thing about Resident Alien is there's a kid in it mm-hmm. and the kid has this genetic disposition where he can see through the alien's disguise. Yeah. So where everyone is seeing Alan Tudyk, uh, he is seeing the actual alien. And so that that's kind of a cool little twist on it. Yeah, it is. It's just that it's the subtleties that go into it. So, you know, the kid obviously thinks he's going mad because no one else can see the um the that alien they're just saying the doctor yes yeah yeah it's, it's interesting it's good fun yes definitely uh so is there any other um streaming stuff that you, you, we've watched recently that you're uh... Uh, i should probably be honest i did decide to drop down the whole um bridgerton road just to to see what that was about and i must say I'd rather watch Downton Abbey any day of the week. Like yeah. it's got some good characters and and it's got some fun elements to it. And I like the way that they do things. Like you know, they put a couple of modern songs um, in that the little you know string quartets might be playing. But to be honest, overall, it's not particularly. Um, it's not as outstanding as I thought it was going to be. Well, because a lot of people have been selling this uh, show on the 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 raunch, the salaciousness, the yes. the, the Rudy Nudy bits. Yes, uh, is that uh, is that a selling point? You think is that? No, I don't understand why people found it so. I don't know, like titillating. I guess is probably the word. Like everyone just seemed to be like, ooh. Mm-hmm. I didn't really find it to be that much. So, but like, there was still some like some interesting aspects. Fair enough. And, and it, some lovely costumes and things to it, look at. It's not one of those ones where it's set in the, the oldie era and, like, everyone is a, a white person, though. It's, it's Yeah, so it's got just basically a cast that's, I guess, they've just cast people based on the, what do they call it, like, blind casting? Mm-hmm. Like, they've not really cared. So, you know, Queen Charlotte is played by someone who's got dark skin and... Right through the cast, there's a whole lot of different people there that really, like, it's kind of got that whole weird thing that you have to remind yourself that it wasn't those times. So I've seen other period pieces where they've had blind casting and you you sort of like, oh, that's a bit, it's it's nice to see, Mm -hmm. but it's a little bit misleading. Yes. Yeah, well... Yeah. I, I, oh, and there are some pretty bodies too. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's very nice. I'm glad that they put those in there. Yeah, so you can kind of see why, like, you know, some housewives probably found it entertaining. Yes, yeah. Actually, speaking of housewives as well, mm. we also watched uh, – so, so this is a very stand-heavy kind of review of streaming stuff. It's just – it's That's that, all we've been watching. Yeah, it's that, that – we, we bought it and we want to like watch as much as we can before we get rid of it. Um, Mix is also uh, all now on uh, Stan as well. Mm. Uh, and, and Mix is the story of a, of a fictional first female-led um, uh, 
sexy pinup magazine. Mm. So instead of having naked women, you got naked dudes, and it's why being, can't you say naked men? Why do they have to be naked dudes? Naked men yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, showing their dude, uh, and uh, <laughs> and and uh, it's being run by a, a feminist, like trying to get the you know a bit of you know feminist uh, ideals out there through the use of Rudy Nudy literature. Yeah, like you know, Hugh Hefner was trying to attract people to what readers' magazines. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got the nudies. You can, but you're there to read the articles, aren't you? Exactly, exactly. Although I think that was disproven, wasn't it? There was a point where they actually did take away the naked pictorials, and uh, circulation dropped. So they put the boobs back. Uh, but yeah, so Minx is also on stand. We have come to the end of the show. Please do uh, stay tuned for Quizzy. He is going to be digging through some crates coming up very, very soon. Uh, and I'm, we're going to leave you tonight. With with a bit of Björk because, as we said, she was in The Northman. So uh, this is a, a way of gearing you up uh, to be able to go and see The Northman this weekend. And I would recommend you go and do that if you like, you know, massive amounts of violence. <laughs> Bye. Bye. This podcast has been brought to you by the gentlemen of pop culture.